Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert. I'm here with Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with Will Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And I'm T.C. Hale. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll holler covered that. <laughs> yep. Got it. That's that's Will over there saying holler. Um so Will Schmidt in the house. Yeah, hey. Will's in the house. Will's in the house. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, he's hey, fancy. Yeah. We'd like to have yeah, him back. We'd like to have you. He's got a short sassy hairdo today. Mm-hmm. And, cute. and a toothpick. And a toothpick. Okay. It looks easy, dude. You're just kind of buzzing it, like with yeah, a little just mechanism. every now and then, just buzz it out. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Maybe we'll sell mm-hmm. that toothpick on eBay mm-hmm. or something. Let's see what we can do. Sign it for us. Okay. So if you like audiobooks, we're gonna you're gonna love our sponsor. Audio. Let's start over. Audible. <laughs> when we get to the sponsor name, I'll say the name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is just tripping you up. Mm-hmm. If you like audiobooks, you're gonna love our sponsor. Audible.com is giving all the <laughs> listeners a free book of your choice and a free 30-day uh, uh, membership. Go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook to find the link so you guys can get yours. Audible. <laughs> uh-huh, and it's at audible. I felt important, like I was part of the you know important stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to be part of the important stuff because today we're talking about hypoglycemia, and yeah. I know people, and I might be this person. I was actually wondering yesterday if this might be me too, since I have every other th- imbalance there well, is except might as well for be catabolic. The show. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those people who like, you know, you're like, eat something because you're getting crazy. Yeah. You know, I was that guy insane. for a long time, all through high school, all growing up. Everybody knew that, oh, you got to feed Tony right now because he's not that friendly. He starts just rocking the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just real, real slow and quiet. And people are like, get a sandwich. Holding your knees. Get him a sandwich real fast. Um, because I would just snap and I would just, you know, because I was always the nicest guy, as you could imagine, I would be. Mm-hmm. But then <laughs> when I got real hungry, I was just not. I think Tony's nice because he doesn't talk a lot. So we don't know what's really going on in his head yeah. 90% of the time. He's probably cussing us Well, out. if you looked at, like, the voodoo dolls and things, mm-hmm. you might think it's oh, not. Oh, that little redhead. It's a giveaway. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> All the knife holes. Uh-huh. But hypoglycemia is, is not that fun because people kind of just become a wreck and they just can't hardly function and they don't really understand why and then somebody tells them oh you're hypoglycemic and they're like oh okay and then they're still a wreck and it's nothing nothing fixed so, so hypoglycemia is different from diabetes because it's low blood sugar and and diabetes is high yeah but we're going to talk about some other variables that need to be understood because there were some people with some of the questions that were kind of confused about yeah, and then still Magnolia, Shelby has that moment where she needs some juice. You know, her blood sugar's low, but she's diabetic, so it is confusing. I did not yeah. know we were going to cover Steel Magnolias in today's <laughs> yeah. show. I'm glad that we did. So if you haven't followed us on Facebook, now's your chance to do it. Run over to your computer, log in, and go to Kick It In The Nuts and follow us. That's where we post all of our questions for our future shows. Uh, You guys can weigh in and ask us anything you want, and then we'll talk about you on the air. That's how it works. Uh-huh. That's our system. We don't use last names, though, so feel free to talk about gross stuff, poop, yeah, people all that. Talk about their poop and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a whole lot to cover. We have Will Schmidt here to back us up. So why don't we get right into questions? And, and a lot of people oh, kind of described what hypoglycemia is to them. So let's, let's just hear what they had to say okay. first. Hey, Cindy, it hits me out of the blue. Shaky, sweaty, and rapid heartbeat. Why does it come and go and is so inconsistent? Bonjour. I get to the feeling, I get the feeling dizzy and rapid heartbeat and shaky, but I also feel like vomiting. It's horrible. Mike, that's me. How to stop it every time I'm nervous. That's all I feel. Janice from Phoenix, Arizona. 
I feel like that about an hour after I eat junky, too much sugar, and then my level crashes. Robin, my problem is I get the shakes, and I know I need to eat like this second. If food is not available immediately when I do get to, to eat something, I tend to eat fast and then overeat. When I can eat to help with this, and how, what can I eat to help with this, and how can I make myself slow down? Carlos from Columbus, Georgia. I have it and don't understand it either. It don't feel good, that's for sure. You know, if you just kept going, we could be done. In yeah. Like, yeah, we could wrap this up. Going. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, read all the questions at the end. It'll be like, don't do that. Thanks for coming. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because this is it's actually it's a it's a simple problem to understand once you understand it. Um, It's just uh, the education that's out there about hypoglycemia is 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 not so great, and so people don't know what to do, and they tend to suffer for even a lifetime. So. Today we're going to give you a few things that will help you understand what to look at with your physiology, uh, what to look at in your diet, and some changes that you can make and some tips that will help you feel better. But basically most of the symptoms come on from hypoglycemia, which is low glycemia. Yeah. Yeah, it's low glycemia. So it's low blood sugars is what's going on. So when we eat food, let's say some of that food had carbs or sugar in it, uh, that turns into blood sugar, and then we have blood sugar in our blood, and we function, and we, we need that. That's good news. Um, but a lot of people have a physiology where they'll rip through that sugar too fast or sweep too much out of the bloodstream too quickly, and then they kind of crash and, and they can't function. So, Will, why don't we talk a little bit about... Um, blood sugar and and mineral levels and how they can buffer each other and why some people don't have this issue and and some people do. And then after that, we'll get into uh, insulin being too powerful and stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, when you're... When we look at like the points of balance in the body and we talk about all these different imbalances, at the very top of the hierarchy is the electrolyte levels. So if you're uh, in one direction with high blood pressure and usually along with that high blood sugar, you'd be called like electrolyte excess. But if you're on the other side where your blood pressure is too low, like under 113 over 73, then you probably usually also have not only low electrolytes but also unstable blood sugar or low blood sugar. And that's a big problem because when your blood pressure gets too low, you can get a seizure. So it's a big, big, big priority that your body keep that blood pressure up high enough to keep your blood dispersed and make sure that you don't die. You can function, yeah. Yeah, and so your brain can work and all your muscles have like fuel coming in, all sorts of homeostatic regulatory processes that your metabolism depends on having enough electrolytes and energy from sugar present. So when your blood pressure gets too low, that can cause a collapse of the suspension that your blood is in, and that's a big, big, fate, like possibly fatal problem. So you can try to help keep your blood pressure up either by keeping enough blood sugar in the plasma or salts, like electrolytes, and they both contribute to that pressure. So if your salts are really low, you can kind of buffer that by having more carbohydrates and sugar sources, or vice versa. If your blood sugar is tending to be really low, you can kind of help out in sustaining adequate blood pressure by increasing the amount of salts and electrolytes that you eat. Right. So, And when we talk about low blood pressure and a person having a seizure, if your blood pressure is low, don't think that you're about to have a seizure. That's usually not the case. That um, you're usually, you know, even a day or two away from having a seizure, but the body just gets real defensive about seizures because it's basically the system shutting down. So it will start to send signals when resources start to go low or when blood pressure starts to go too low. And a lot of people will have low blood pressure, and the doctor will say, great, good job, way to go, you're a hero, you're not going to have a heart attack or a stroke, so you win the smiley face and you get a... A lollipop. They give lollipops out a lot. Mm. Maybe we should talk to them Maybe about that. Right. It could be part of the problem yeah. here. But um, but if uh, your systolic blood pressure, which is the top number if you look at like a, a blood pressure monitor, um, if it's below 113, that's, that's an indication that there's um, not enough electrolytes in the system and it's going to be harder for that person to function. And 
Um, doctors aren't taught this because there's no low blood pressure drug. So they, they look at low blood pressure as just you're really far from having a heart attack. So way to go. Yeah. Um, but there's just as many problems that come from having low electrolytes and low resources as too many. So when we look at blood sugar levels, uh, sugar levels can rise and fall very different levels, different um, rates from person to person due to a lot of situations. So, um, But if someone has a lot of mineral content, their sugar could be spiking and, and crashing, um, but they may not feel it as much because the minerals in the system can buffer that. But if a person has low mineral levels, when their sugar crashes, they, they crash and they're worthless and they have all these symptoms. On the post that we put up, we put up a picture on Facebook for this show so people could ask questions. And it just had little symptoms that go along with it, like sense of dread, uh, rapid heartbeat, shaky, feel faint, wobbly legs. So a lot of people commented on those type of symptoms. And there's a lot more symptoms that can go along with hypoglycemia too. But basically what happens is um, it, it, it really depends on how you process sugars. Some people don't process sugars well at all, so blood sugar goes very high as to where some people burn through sugars very quickly. So the person that's hypoglycemic, it's almost like sugar enters the bloodstream, and when it does, the body makes insulin to sweep that sugar into the cells and to use that sugar. But for some people, their insulin is too powerful, so they create too much insulin. It's almost like you're cold in your house, and so you turn on the furnace, and it takes a little while to warm up the house. So if you're impatient, you might turn on four or five furnaces, but after about 10 minutes, now the house is like totally on fire. It's really, really hot. And uh, you've made it too hot to be comfortable. So that's how insulin is for a lot of people. It's almost like turning on five furnaces. They sweep out way too much sugar out of the bloodstream, and the blood sugar crashes to these horribly dangerous levels and uncomfortable levels. And the person kind of has trouble at, at that point. We, I have that problem with being too hot. It's true. Yeah. All those guys hollering. I know. Can't get them yeah, to yeah. shut up. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. So, Will, what, what, do you have a comment about yeah, that? Yeah. Um, one of the things that's supposed to happen when your body uh, uses up the sugar that you ate from carbohydrates is the liver is supposed to kick in and turn some of its stored energy from proteins and or fats into blood sugar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize they think they have to eat carbs if they're going to have blood sugar, but the body can and likes to make a lot of your blood sugar from proteins and fats. And there's a couple things that can get in the way of that. One, if your digestion is not working well and you're not breaking down proteins effectively, there's not going to be a reserve of energy from proteins stored in the liver. And if your bile isn't working well and you're not breaking down fats well, that can also be a shortage of available energy from fats. And the third problem that can get in the way of that system is if your insulin levels are really high and they're, and they're staying high, it will tell the liver not to use fats or proteins for energy until that insulin goes back down. But for a lot of people, when their blood sugar is already low and their insulin has been either over-secreted or ineffective and it's just sitting in the plasma, that keeps the liver out of fat burning and protein burning mode and the body just looks for more sugar so you get this like panic uh, anxiety that goes along with the hypoglycemia right and so we are supposed to be able to function off of both forms of fuel and we're speaking very generally here when we say this but you know when when the body turns a protein into glucose the the stores for that are not unlimited unless the body decides to break down, you know, muscle tissue and turn that into glucose as well. So that form of energy is not unlimited like body fat can be almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of these people that are hypoglycemic have learned that for one reason or another, they function best off of carbs. And it could be because they can't digest proteins or fats very well and they find if they eat proteins or fats that they're just starving because they're really not getting any nutrition 
because they're not they're unable to digest it. So they find that they eat carbs. And then what happens when you eat these carbs is the body has a mechanism that it seems like it's it kind of sets itself up to where okay, if you're just going to eat carbs, I'm going to become more efficient at processing those carbs. And one thing that you can do to look at yourself and your own physiology is you can measure your urine pH. And what we typically see is that someone that eats a lot of carbs, they'll move to a higher urine pH. Usually it'll be like 6.3 or higher. And in that state, it seems that the insulin is more powerful, and which makes sense because the person's eating so many carbs, the body needs to become more efficient at processing those carbs. But what happens is they're eating so many carbs that their blood sugar rises so much that it brings all this insulin in, and then that high amount of insulin that is also more powerful will sweep out too much sugar and the person crashes. So what a person can do is they can take steps to improve their digestion so they don't need to eat so many carbs. They can eat more fuels that are more like a slow-burning log. It's not this rush of fuel that just comes in and crashes the whole system. You know, you can have proteins and fats and less carbs. So that's one way that a person can fix these symptoms that they're dealing with. And they can also take steps to lower that urine pH, which seems to make the insulin not so powerful. So when they do have carbs, they don't have that huge spike and crash. Like, Kenna had that a lot when she first came around. Mm, what? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm crashing now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, her, her urine pH was very high, indicating that her insulin was very powerful. So, uh, you know, using supplements and different dietary choices to bring that down, um, she doesn't have, she's not such a psycho. That's kind of debatable. Ask, ask you about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's we'll get into more of this. But let's cover a few more questions to talk about some more specific. All right, Marvin, Como, Mississippi. I keep peppermint with me. It works well till I can get something to eat, preferably some protein like chicken or fish to help level out my sugar level. Yeah. So by eating protein, instead of you know when he crashes. Marvin. Yeah, it's got Marvin. When he crashes, if he just runs to carbs and sugars again, he's just setting himself up for another spike and a crash. But if you can have some protein that will deliver nutrition slower, it'll keep your blood sugar on a more of an even keel. And I think peppermint, or a lot of those things are oils, like essential oils. Do you want to explain how that yeah, can help? Yeah, and it can push your nervous system into more of a relaxed state, which is... One thing that the body does on purpose, if you're really ripping through carbohydrates or what we call a fast oxidizer, someone who's oxidizing sugar really quickly, your nervous system will put itself more into the parasympathetic or the more restful state to try to slow down that glycolysis or carbohydrate metabolism. And I'm guessing peppermint might be able to help relax the body and put you into that situation. Right, and usually it is in some form of essential oil, and sometimes those oils can help thicken the blood a little bit and just give it some type of resource to hang on to while there's nothing there. Joni, I notice a rapid heart rate coupled with sweating and the shakes. Takes a while to settle down, but it goes away. I feel tired and drained in the end. Yeah, because a lot of the symptoms of the body freaking out is just, hey, I got nothing here. You know, you uh, kind of sounds like detox, like when somebody's like yeah. coming off of stuff, and like they have the same uh, symptoms, right? And and um, what's going on is just the body is just kind of freaking out because it's it, there's nothing there for it to function on. So if you just give it something that it can use or set your body up to have more backup resources, then these issues tend to go away. It's like we've talked about before on the show. It's like you're you're trying to pay $800 worth of bills with $17. It's just kind of a panic situation to try and make that happen. So when you're running just on sugar, which a lot of people are that are in this situation, once that sugar's gone, there's nothing left for the body to use. And because the insulin level is so high, the body has an inability to access that stored fat backup form of resources, backup form of fuel. So since it can't access that, it really it has nothing. Yeah, and just to like recap some of the points we've 
talked about already, like people may be wondering, okay, well, what do I do in this case? And it really comes from you need to teach your body to be able to run off of proteins and fats and carbohydrates in kind of an even sort of balanced way. And when you're ripping through carbohydrates really quickly, like a fast oxidizer does, it's important to try to eat slower burning carbohydrates, like more complex ones like starches, like quinoa or sweet potatoes or those sort of things compared to like fruit juices or vegetable juices or candy or whatever. Right. And at the same time, take steps to improve your stomach acid levels and your bile flow so that the proteins and fats will start to work better for you. And that can take some time because there are different metabolic pathways that the body will generate energy from those. And it takes a little bit of reconditioning, not only for the digestive system, but also for the cells. Like you talked about, you get more geared towards that kind of carbohydrate metabolism for energy production. So you can achieve those steps by going through our free digestive issues course at kickinthenuts.com and learn how to fix it so your digestion can run better off of proteins and fats. And in the meantime, don't go on a no-carb diet while you're still working on fixing right. those things. Important. Yeah, allow yourself those slower burning carbs to support your blood sugar and, and blood pressure while you teach your body to be able to use those other fuels. And we have a two-part show on digestion that really teaches a lot of that, too, that you could listen to. But here's one. Here's the main point that you want to take away from this show. If you're hypoglycemic and your blood sugar is going too low, the culprit is the carbohydrates or the sugars that you're eating. That's, that's the uh, instigator of what's causing the problem. But that doesn't mean to... S- you don't now don't eat those um, because if you stop eating them and just switch to more proteins and fats and and lower carb foods, um, you're, if you can't digest the other foods, now you got nothing and you're really going to have a problem. It's about learning to reduce those the need for those carbs and helping your body function correctly on other types of foods. So there are steps you have to take to improve digestion instead of just cutting out what's causing the problem. Because you're, you're eating that way for a reason. You've learned that this is what allows me to function at all. So don't stop what you're, what's allowing you to function at all. All right. Mildred from Queens, New York. So very true, Joni, about, ti- about being tired and drained. Same goes for it when it drops to sweat and feel off-balanced. The Mildred, Mildred was not a fan of punctuation yeah. on, that, on that one. That's okay. <laughs> it's just Facebook. But, yeah, you know... A lot of people are wiped out when they finally get past the shaky, crazy, anxiety, all that stuff, um, and they're wiped out because they have no resources left. It, it kind of went into the body being in this emergency mode, um, and they're left with nothing afterwards. So teaching your body to burn multiple types of fuels will remove that. And this is also like one of the main things behind a lot of cases of hypothyroidism, like when the endocrine system slows down, the thyroid's doing that on purpose because it knows like you don't have enough fuel to run full speed. But a lot of times people will have this going on for a long time and they'll be told, oh, my thyroid's underactive. And then they'll be given a medication that accelerates their thyroid secretions or is a supplemental thyroid hormone. So now they're like forcing the gas pedal to the floor, even though they don't have any gas in the tank. Right. Yeah. Problems come with that. Yeah. Mm, All right. So, Noel, it's low blood sugar. The body turns off sugar naturally. I have it too. Burns, if, burns off. Oh, the body burns off sugar naturally. I have it too. If you eat every four to six hours, your sugar levels out. Terry, my blood sugar is always low when they test it, but doctors said there is nothing they can do about it. 49 was my last one. Wow. Yeah, 49 is real low. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah, that's, that's, you're not happy. When, when you're at 49. Like, not, aren't you supposed to be around 90 or something, like, first thing in the morning or 100 or something? Fasting, you want, you want to be anywhere between, you know, 70 to 90 is, oh, is okay um, for a lot of people. Once you get over 95, then some insulin resistance is likely creeping in. And above that, um, it certainly is. But um, with, with Noel and, and Terry... You know, Noelle has found that if she just keeps stoking the fire every four hours and constantly giving the body the fuel, that she can keep from totally crashing. And some people, 
some people are short. Some people have to eat every two hours. It's almost like you're a hummingbird that just eats sugar, and you have to constantly eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's an okay solution if it allows you to function. But there are better solutions out there, and the doctor is right. There's nothing that they can do about low blood sugar because nowhere in their training do doctors learn about nutrition and how nutrition works. They, in their four years, they take a class that's usually about 30 minutes. And that's what we hear from most doctors that we interviewed for our Why Am I So Fat documentary and just uh, other doctors that we talk to in the community. It's that they weren't, they're educated on medicine and, and how to use that to correct symptoms. So they don't get to learn about nutrition. And, um, but low blood sugar from what we have experienced can absolutely be improved. And we see people fixing it all the time. So understand that you can take steps to fix it. And 49 is low. So I, I imagine that you're not having a great time and feeling great with numbers like that. So follow these steps and I think you'll be able to see some improvement. Greg, better get tested for diabetes. Anne and Kat from Pahoa, Hawaii. Low blood sugar is not diabetes. Diabetes is high blood sugars because of too much glucose, sugar, in your bloodstream and not enough insulin to counterbalance it. However, low blood sugar is common in people with diabetes who are taking insulin or other medicines to control their diabetes. Ricardo from Ciudad Juarez, Mexico. If you do not have diabetes, would you still get the same symptoms? Grimy? I don't Graham. know. It's Graham. Graham. Oh, that's Graham. Mm-hmm. Graham from Swindon. My mate had a dizzy spell at work last week. He said his legs felt like jelly and he felt very weak. Apparently it happens often until he has some chocolate or similar. I have told him it's diabetes, but he just ignores my pleas to go to the doctor. Can you send me some information to show him how dangerous it is to ignore this? So a lot of people are confused about it. That's diabetes or no, it's low blood sugar. And and one thing before we explain the difference is that it is a good idea to check out where your numbers are. And you don't have to go to a doctor to check your blood sugar. You know, the, you can get a glucometer at the, any pharmacy for pretty cheap. Target has them really cheap now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the strips can be a little more expensive, but uh, you can get one just about anywhere, get everything you need for under 50 bucks. And if you're having problems with blood sugar, you really need to be able to monitor what your blood sugar is doing or you won't know what steps are working and what steps are not. Um, you can also, if you can't afford that, just ask a type 2 diabetic friend or a diabetic friend. I mean, everybody knows a diabetic now. They're, they're everywhere. So just ask them, can I use your glucometer one morning and, and see where your, your blood sugar is? But... Um, a lot of the symptoms are similar for hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes, but that doesn't mean that the underlying cause it is creating it is the same. Sometimes it's, it's drastically different. But one thing to understand is that a lot of type 2 diabetics used to be hypoglycemic. And the reason that happens is because their insulin is so powerful and they're eating so many carbs and causing insulin to be high all the time that the cells are getting yelled at constantly by insulin. And eventually they're like, I'm not listening to you anymore. And when uh, the, the cells are not listening to insulin and not pulling the sugar out of the bloodstream, the sugar in the bloodstream goes high and a la peanut butter sandwiches, you're type 2 diabetic. Hmm. Yeah. Do you want me, can I expand on yeah, the progression like of that? So, yeah, when people... This is a very common like progression of that condition. Say you're eating like a standard American diet full of all sorts of things that cause problems and your digestion starts to get weaker or complicated and you stop being able to break down proteins and fats as well as you ideally should be able to. So you start to rely on carbohydrates more for energy, like a lot of us did growing up through school and had all these crazy garbage meals. Little baby snack cake. Yeah, right, right, right. And when you were little, when you ate it, you like run around like insane, right? right? These are magic. Exactly, because <laughs> your re- cells are really receptive to sugar at that time. So you give a little five-year-old a lollipop, they don't pass out. They right. like sprint. Right? Yeah. 
But over time, your cells become more and more resistant to that. So your pancreas starts to secrete more and more insulin because your cells start to get the message or get the awareness that they're going to be barraged by like a bunch of ice cream. So they don't let all that sugar in at once. So your pancreas is like, hey, why don't you let this sugar in? So it'll make more insulin to try to shove. Yeah, I said insulin. Yeah, insulin. <laughs> let it in. So then it does for a while because the pancreas makes up to like five times as much insulin as it used to. But eventually the cells are like, dude, no. I said no means no. Right. right? So, then your, so then your blood sugar levels start to stay high because even though you've got all this insulin in the plasma, the cells are just like, no. So it stays high, and then you start to become what we call insulin resistant, which is either pre-diabetic or full-on diabetic. And that's when your blood pressure may change totally, and your your blood pressure may start to be really high because now that sugar is staying in the blood, and it attracts electrolytes, which raises your blood pressure even higher. And then that generates your body's production of low-density lipids to buffer against all the damage that those sugars are doing. So then your blood pressure gets even higher. So someone who used to be hypoglycemic because of their carb reliance and insulin secretion being crazy is now insulin resistant and they're in, and they're in a fully different metabolic state. Right. So they, they go to the doctor and they find out that they're type 2 diabetic. So they go to the doctor and like, why, why was I type 2 diabetic? And the doctor says, well, were your parents type 2 diabetic? And he's like, no, but my grandfather was. Okay, it's genetic. You win. That's why. <laughs> uh-huh. And they believe that they're just, they were born with that and that they're stuck with that. And they, they're never taught that, guess what? You did that by uh, the foods that you were eating. And it may not be your fault because you learned that those foods allowed you to function. So, but um, nobody really teaches anyone that. You can turn this around, just here's how we're going to manage it. Mm-hmm. But that's how a person can go from one extreme to another, and it's very common. And that's why there's so much confusion between is it diabetes or is it hypoglycemia? And along with that, like when you start to become really insulin resistant, you can start to feel like the same kind of panicky symptoms of low blood sugar even though your blood sugar is super high right. because your cells are not getting that sugar. They're like resistant to it. Right. So to the cells, the, the sugar is still not showing up yeah. even though it's full-on packed in your body. Right, which is another reason why people get really confused. It's like, how am I hypoglycemic? I have super high blood sugar. Right. It's just not getting into the cells where it needs to be, which is a problem. Yeah, so we knowledge that. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amanda, I have type 2 diabetes, and I also get mean when mine goes low. So a, a lot of times uh, with type 1 and type 2, before they're you... They're mean s- people. They're what? They're mean people. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just that you're mean. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you but, just lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our advice. Simmer down now. Um, I'll, I'll, even type 2 diabetics are now being given insulin. When the medications stop working, they're like, oh, well, we'll just give you more insulin. And it works for about 15 minutes because now there's all this insulin in there to do a job. But um, when they're using insulin, they can use too much and it'll drive the blood sugar too low. And that can cause uh, the similar symptoms. But at the same time, like Will just explained, those symptoms can be because sugar's there, but the cells are not getting any of it. So that's why you get those similar symptoms and that's that's fixable like we we kind of just left it like oh you did it (laughs) see you later (laughs) signing off but there and there's a really great documentary called raw for 30 days that was created by a doctor um, named gabriel cousins who's awesome his approach is all vegan but he shows like people recovering from type 2 diabetes in under 30 days with a 99 percent success rate by restoring their insulin sensitivity and I vote we right kick diabetes in the nuts sometimes. Yeah, soon. that's coming. Yeah. Um, but you can totally fix it, and there's nutritional steps you can take. And a good place to start is with the digestive issues course. But for inspiration, just Google Raw for 30 Days documentary. You can watch this clip of people reversing type 2 diabetes. Yeah, it's not unusual at all for us to see and to hear about people in our uh, support group on Facebook that have just read the book or taken the online courses that have had uh, you know fasting blood sugar 
um, close to 300 on medications and everything. And within a month or two, they bring it down to, you know, 120. And it's like, oh, I'm a human all of a sudden again. It can really quickly. Yeah, you can turn it around pretty quickly. Um, Because what's going on is you're just told, well, everybody needs carbs. But if your body can't process carbs, guess what? You don't need to eat them. If your body can't use them, why, why do you feel like you have to have them? So... When you can set up your body to use other types of fuels, then you can reduce the amount of carbs that you're eating. Your insulin levels can come down. The cells can begin to be more receptive to it. It can be a whole other life. It's check. Just go. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> uh, for some reason, the name got cut off of this one. So we'll just say Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, Honey Boo Boo asked uh-huh. this question. I do and... Don't have diabetes. Is she referring to getting mean? Oh, I think that was a getting tested. You need to get tested for diabetes. And I think oh, just... okay, okay. I've been checked twice a year. Just low sugars. Peanut butter is good. Uh, it's good to hear what people mm-hmm. like to eat. Mm-hmm. I but love peanut butter. Peanut butter actually can be kind of good because it has proteins and fats in it that can sustain blood sugar levels a little longer. And some peanut butters will they'll put sugar right in it, and that's not a great idea. But you know, a nut butter can be a food that could help someone feel better because it's not going to spike and crash them again. Hmm. Karn from Ashford, Kent, England. Anxiety. Stacy Sounds like panic attacks to me. Amber Geddon. Claire, Michigan. Based on that picture, there's a lot of symptoms that are the same as anxiety. Could one be mistaken for the other? Yes. And did you know that, that was Amber and yes, she just changed her? Yeah, yeah. Got I it. like that. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that can cause a lot of confusion. There's quite a lot of people saying the same thing, like these symptoms are anxiety. That's not hypoglycemia. Um, and one thing is that one cause of, one possible cause of anxiety, not the only one, but one possible cause of anxiety can be very low blood sugars co- accompanied with low mineral levels and the body starts to panic, like Will was talking about earlier. Yeah, how you mentioned like, Doctors don't have a medication for hypoglycemia, but they kind of do if they were to just call like anxiety meds, hypoglycemia meds, you know, you could think about it in that way. Because the way those really work um, at what we see on like the base chemistry level is they cause your body to retain more of the electrolytes in your system, basically by preventing your kidney from filtering your blood. So it starts to get all this junk and accumulate electrolytes in that way which is a really kind of toxic way to go about it. But the person does feel better because now they have more adequate blood pressure. Um, there's some negative sides of that. Like just recently I, I had a client with who was on anxiety meds and, and SSRI medication, which is selective serotonin reuptake. Three. Three. Selective serotonin Three. reuptake uh, inhibitors. But that that's like a kind of toxic thing to do your liver and it also suppresses the thyroid so then she was on a thyroid medication to help with that and like so th- there's better cleaner ways to fix this whole issue by getting your blood pressure up naturally by strengthening your digestion and eating in a way that balances your blood sugar but yeah these are very much hand in hand hypoglycemia people in that condition with a low blood pressure almost always have either depression or anxiety yeah you usually see it and and, and one thing to understand and I- we go into this in a lot of detail in our anxiety and panic attack episodes. So listen to that if you're having an issue with that. But just a quick explanation is that blood, uh, you know, carbohydrates and sugars are pro-anabolic at the cellular level, meaning that they push a body into this repair and rebuild state like all the time, which can be a problem if it's there all the time. Because in this anabolic state, the body makes a lot of lactic acid. And one way to induce a panic attack is to inject them with lactic acid. So a lot of these people that are dealing with anxiety and panic attacks are overly anabolic because they're eating all these carbs and sugars, uh, which is also causing the hypoglycemia. So a lot of this can be tied together, um, and fixing one of those issues can help everything all around. Joanne from Denton, Texas. Why does my heart start to race so much? I think that's the part that alarms me the most. You know, one interesting thing is it could just be the body going into a panic mode from lack of resources. But if you look at it from what we just talked about with the anabolic state, in an overly anabolic state, the pulse rate rises 
and it goes higher. So it could just be an example of this person dealing with all these imbalances and issues that we just explained all together in a nice prize. Yeah, at the at the blood level, like with the excess lactic acid they're producing, the blood doesn't pick up oxygen as well as it goes through the heart. I mean, sorry, through the lungs. So every cell that you got is a little bit less efficient at carrying oxygen to the tissues. The more and more acidic your blood becomes, so that would cause your heart to have to circulate the blood faster. So it'll increase the pulse to try to get more blood through the lungs faster. Huh. All right. All right. Stacy from Honolulu, Hawaii. Dehydration causes dizziness also. Drink half your weight in water daily. A 100-pound woman needs 50 ounces of water a day. I thought she was going to say 50 pounds. <laughs> Helps you from getting tired also. I like Stacy a lot. I like Hawaii a lot, but mm-hmm. I, I don't like her advice. Um, because it would be great for some people, and it will make at least half of the people much, much worse a lot of times, uh, you can listen to our dizziness, or vertigo, and dizzy spell, dizzy. It said something about dizzy in the name. No, dizzy blondes, or... Ah. No, the I don't think we mentioned the blonde. But um, we talk a lot about that. Uh, dizziness can happen from a lack of resources, a lack of mineral, so the signals can't travel correctly. And when you have a lack of mineral in the system, drinking water not only washes out toxins that could be causing a burden, but it can also wash out mineral. So a person with low mineral, by increasing the amount of water they're drinking, can make them worse. They, they usually first need to qualify by lifting that mineral level, and then drinking more water can be very beneficial. Or adding more mineral to their water. Right. Like with trace mineral drops. Yeah, we use salt. these concentrate trace mineral drops. You can get them on Amazon or just about any Whole Foods. Um, but only someone with low blood pressure Low blood pressure would want to use them because if you have high blood pressure, you don't want to add blood more. Huh? <laughs> Let's use a different word. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on to other Say stuff. Say BP. Mm-hmm. Diane from Houston, Texas. I get the shakes and wobbly legs, and I get cranky with low blood sugar. One bite or just a sip of a beverage can stop the shakes, but don't get in my way until I can get some food. You may get growled at or worse. Yeah, I was like that. Mm-hmm. That was just like me. Did we skip Sally? Oh, Sally. Did I? Oh, good Lord. Sally from Los Angeles, California. Is that really hypoglycemia? All those symptoms? I thought they were part of my menopause. Seriously? Could I have this? You, you might. I don't know. Sally, you might. <laughs> you could be both, for sure. Um, you can take... Let me look at my eight ball. Right. Well, in our, in our early menopause episode, we talk a lot about how menopause can show up early for a lot of women due to uh, a lack of resources in the system. So when there's not enough resources to make a baby, Mother Nature kind of turns that system off and says, okay, let's, let's have menopause show up. So a person that's having a menopause show up would certainly have symptoms that go along with hypoglycemia and other low-resource issues. And she could, you could check that if that's an issue for you by looking at your blood pressure and being like, oh, if it is in normal range, then it's probable that you have closer to steady blood sugar. And if it is low, then you can definitely help yourself feel better by working to fix that. Right. Working to kind of, you know, when you change the way that you eat, once you can process other types of foods then you can kind of feel better all day yeah. instead of, you know, someone's question was, why is it so inconsistent? Why am I, why do I have these symptoms so randomly? Well, if you did a food journal and you really wrote down every single thing that you ate and when you had those symptoms and you looked at it over a week or two, you would see that it's not so random. It's not so inconsistent. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of factors that can go into when it would be more exacerbated, like when a woman is having her cycle, you know, that takes a lot of resources. If a person is stressed, they're using more resources. So life can contribute to where it is. But if you look at what you're eating and when you're feeling horrible, you'll, you'll figure out some stuff. <laughs> right. One other little trick you can use to try to, in addition to looking at your fasting blood glucose scores, uh, if you're trying to figure out, well, am I hypoglycemic or insulin resistant? You can look at your breath rate. 
And if your breath rate's really slow, like if you take under 15 breaths a minute, like you sit there with a timer and you count how many breaths you take, and you take like 8 or 10, then you're more on the lines of insulin resistant. Like you're not processing carbohydrates very quickly, your blood might be too alkaline. Or you're not eating carbohydrates is one possibility, but for most people, yeah, yeah. that's the way to view it. Right, it's not always true. Like I've seen people with very low blood sugar and very slow breath rates and low blood pressure, and they're usually the people that are trying to be really healthy. They're like eating like all vegan, it's just salads and that kind of thing. And, um, or whole grains. Right. But if your breath rate's really fast, like you're taking like 18, 19, 20 breaths a minute, you're probably ripping through carbohydrates really quickly, right. and you're more likely to crash and have these hypoglycemic symptoms. Right. So w- when we talk about these tests, we in the free four-week digestion course, we have videos that kind of show you how to do these tests and to understand the results. But when you look at your physiology like that, all of a sudden your hypoglycemia makes sense. Okay, these things are making me process sugar too quickly, so I can make changes to change the physiology, but then I can also increase my ability to process different types of foods so I don't need to consume so many carbohydrates. All right, Elaine. All the symptoms put me on B12 shots and vitamins. Still have weak spells. If someone's overly anabolic and their urine pH is very high and their insulin is very powerful, B12 can help bring that down a little bit. I did one of those at one time. Sure. I I did it one time. I don't know if it helped. Um, you just wanted somebody to stick you with a, mm-hmm. in, yeah, but, um, so B12 could be beneficial for some people, but if someone's not overly anabolic, it's, it's not going to help them out. All right. Hannah, I bet some people with this habit simply because, wait, let's start over. I bet some people with this habit from simply not eating enough or not having enough carbohydrates, 1200 calories a day is not enough for any person. You're right about the 1,200 calories a day. That's really not very much food, uh, depending on what you're eating. I ate that when I was a baby. Yeah. That was my appetizer. Well, if you're a baby, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's, it's, not a, it's not a problem of not having enough carbohydrates because, like we talked about, a lot of, in most cases it's the carbohydrates that are causing the problem. It's usually a person's inability to process other types of foods that are creating the problem. And don't get him started about calories. Yeah. We have a whole uh, webisode on that, right? On calories? Yeah. Indeed. All right. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Lori, okay, so what if the insulin the doc put you on doesn't work? My dad had to take special insulin as the synthetic type didn't work at all. My doctor doesn't seem to think that that is possible. He still says it's my diet. I'm fluffy, but it's not what I'm eating. Oh, I take cinnamon capsules too. That's funny. My old roommate used to call me fluffy. Just to be nice. That was a nice nice way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So here's one thing that's really important that Lori understands, and we're going to talk about the insulin stuff too. Oh, I didn't finish Sherry. We'll get to Sherry in a second. She can simmer down. Okay. Um, But this is a really big piece of information, and some people may get a little offended and decide they don't want to listen to it, and that's okay. But uh, eventually, you're going to understand this. That If you live in a world where the food that you're eating does not directly affect your health and how you feel, then you're living in a fictional world. It's like a fairy tale land because (laughs) it's not true. What you eat counts. It, It matters. So no matter what show this was, if you if your question is, my doctor says it's what I'm eating, but that can't be it. You gotta know that that's you're wrong, and I and I'm impressed just that you found a doctor that says it's what you're eating because there's probably like seven of them in the United States that will tell you to adjust what you're eating. So that's a that might be a good doctor. Um, but as far as why insulin might not be working for your dad, that's kind of what we talked about. You know, when when the body is already not listening to insulin because it's resistant to insulin and the cells are not listening to it, the solution is not more insulin. It's not more of what's not working. Right. Mm-hmm. It would be, the solution could be like get your body to run off of other fuels that don't require you to have to secrete so much insulin. 
like proteins and fats. Right, and and find you know you have to at that point when insulin is not doing the job, you you have to change what you're eating, and you have to change the way your body's functioning so that it can run off of other fuels, but also so that you can stop slamming the system with high insulin all the time by eating all these carbs and sugars. You have to get to the point where you can reduce the amount of carbs that you're consuming or you, nobody fixes it without doing that. The medication um, for type 2 diabetes seems to be effective for about eight years with most people that we hear from. After that, they start to lose control of the sugars and they have to do all these other steps and, well, let's just try this. Well, let's try this. But what seems to work every time is when somebody can help their body process different types of fuel, fuel foods better, and when they reduce the carbohydrate intake, then they see a response that works. Sherry from Carthage, Missouri. Supplementing my diet with cinnamon has helped regulate my blood sugars. So a lot of people cinnamon. use this, and cinnamon has a way to help the body process sugars better. And I've kind of learned lately uh, that it may not be the optimal way to do that, that in the long term <coughs> you might be setting up the cells to be resistant or well, I'm just listening to the cinnamon and I'm going to focus on that. So I don't know that it's the best solution, but a lot of people do find some relief by using cinnamon because they can process the sugars easier. I'm, I'm going to stick that with that perfect. being a word. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Easy. like that. Once you can do something easier... <laughs> You're golden. Then, uh, but then you don't need as much insulin to to process that sugar properly. Properly, <laughs> yeah. Tony, then, you may need to eat. <laughs> and then with lower... Throw some sugar, cinnamon in uh -huh. yeah. With lower insulin levels, you're not going to have such a crash from the sugar, and it'll be more happily-er. All right. And it's better later for everybody. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yallier. Yallier. Okay, Amy from Allen, Texas. Add hypoglycemia to my lifer resume. I was a documented hypoglycemic until I got pregnant in 2008. Now I test normal for blood sugar, maybe just a little low at the most. Have you heard of somebody's, someone's body chemistry changing that drastically? Yeah. Yeah, and we know that Amy was very, very anabolic before, which means that her urine pH was higher and that that would have made the insulin more powerful. And she has... Powerflier. Yeah, it would be a lot more powerflier. And, um, and now she has fixed her constipation, so we know she's less anabolic. And um, something with that pregnancy could have adjusted that as well. And who knows what that could have been. The, the variations are too many to try and figure out. But yeah, someone's chemistry can change very drastically depending on the foods that they're eating. And I just want to make sure that Lori heard that part about the foods that you eat, you know, can affect your body chemistry. Yeah. Pregnancy, like, changes people's chemistry so huge. You can look up, like, on the uh, Google scholarly articles, like, just type in pregnancy-induced and then there's all these symptoms right. jump up behind it, like pregnancy-induced cholestasis, which is bile stagnation, or pregnancy-induced diabetes, and all right. this, you know? So it really changes a ton of different metabolic processes and digestive function and cellular metabolism. So, um, yeah, sometimes getting pregnant can cure a disease, and other times it can cause but one. But just, like, shake it up so much that your body just, like, reboots or something, maybe? It's not so much of that. It's usually a situation where when you're trying to make another human, you, a lot of resources have to go to building that human. So the what body if it goes to the positive side? I mean, what if, like, you know, like she was saying, now this is more positive for her instead of being, yeah, like, a negative. Right, so, so when all those extra resources are needed the body has some functions that kind of jack up the amount of resources that the body can make. Right. And so there's like these, you know, like we were talking about on one of the shows about women who are lactose intolerant become not lactose intolerant. They're less lactose intolerantable-y. Yeah. And, uh, and like women are like, oh, my hair and my nails and skin was wonderful when I was pregnant and my boobs got big and they stayed and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, you hear about all those things. Right. So just get pregnant. Okay. That's our solution. All right. Come on, Will. 
<laughs> All right, Anna. That's how I usually feel about 10 a.m. after having a bowl of sweet cereal at 8 a.m. Of course, now I don't eat anything sweet. I no longer experience those symptoms since starting Kick It. Oh, I think that might be an plug. ad for shameless Kick It plug. in the nuts. Well, I didn't write it. Come on, now. I, I know who Anna is too, and uh, yeah. So, but that makes sense, and that's what happens to a lot of people is they they have that crash, and you know you hear about that. 3 p.m. crash at the office and that's people went to lunch and they had pasta or a sandwich or some kind of uh, complex carbohydrate. You do a spoof on the movie crash and make it be about hypoglycemic. <laughs> that's a good idea. Okay, we'll do that on next week's okay. show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just makes sense that that's why people had that crash is because too much, you know, insulin was too powerful. It sweeped out too many carbohydrates and the person becomes worthless. So changing what you eat and uh, your ability to use other fuel instead can change all that. So that, what, what did we learn? What should a person do? What, give, me, give me some steps that a person can take if they're dealing with these issues. Uh, the first, like usual, in most, most cases, is to try to work on improving the strength of your digestion which you can do at our free course at kickingthenuts.com. And in that course, it asks you questions about, you know, what kind of symptoms are you dealing with? Are you constipated or diarrhea? Are you bloated? Or do you have gas? Are you burping? You know, do you have acid reflux? You can look at all these things and figure out, holy mackerel, I, I do have digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And then you know that steps need to be take, taken to fix it. Yeah, because very rarely, like if your digestion is working well, very rarely would you actually be in hypoglycemia unless if you were a runway model in L.A. and right. purposely not eating and just didn't have any calories at all. Yeah, or you were just selecting that I want to eat out of a vending machine yeah. wherever I go. Right. So that, that could cause the problem too. Yeah, so once you get those systems going, eating proteins and fats on kind of like regular intervals will really do a lot to keep your blood sugar levels stable. And if you don't screw it up by drinking like high fructose corn syrup or like high glycemic sugars, uh, then your your body's going to do a pretty good job of being able to maintain stable blood sugar and blood pressure by using those proteins and fats for energy and maybe some slow burning carbs also. Right. And and it may not need, it may not mean mean that you can't eat carbohydrates at all. And you may be eating proteins and fats with carbohydrates right now. But if your body can't process those proteins and fats, it's really not helping. Once your body can process all of those types of fuels, then it can even slow down how f- quickly those carbohydrates are hitting your bloodstream and spiking insulin levels. Yeah. So you may be able to continue eating them as long as you can process the other types of foods too. And you know how I hate self-testing. It's like pulling a tooth for me, just trying to remember and do it all. But like, just like the first thing I would say is like, learn where you're at, like check right. your sugar and stuff, because then you don't even know where you started and you have no idea if you're improving it. And Right. The symptoms, you could be type 2 diabetic already and you just don't know it. And that's why these symptoms are showing up. So you want to see where you are. It's not about this symptom was corrected by this remedy, so I'm going to do that. Um, it's more about looking at where your physiology is, seeing where things are going wrong, and then work to fix that underlying cause. Because you could literally, like if you just did your self-test and all that, and you just worked on your imbalances and getting your numbers good and your range, then that would probably just fix like nearly everything that's wrong with you. It could fix you. a lot of things for a lot of people. That It can be that simple sometimes. Yeah. And it, it is really important to look at that. Like we can't just say, oh, like you should probably like take some vitamin C or MSM to lower your urine pH. Because we said if your urine is high, it makes you burn your insulin too strongly. You could be having these hypoglycemic symptoms because you're type 2 diabetic and your urine pH would, in that case, already be way too low. Right. So you've got to look and see, like, where are you at right now? Like, what is your urine pH? If it is too high, you can look in any of the books and see, like, what can you do to make it a little lower? Or if it is too low already, it's very, very different steps and a very different diet of what would fix it. Yeah, and if you don't, if you haven't read any of our books or taken the courses, the... The Kick Your Fat in the Nuts book that teaches all this stuff is on audiobook now. And oh, that Audible. is... Con- oh, Audible. Audible. Yeah. That's the part I say, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Audible. Audible. So, and uh, since our listeners get uh, a book for free in a free month, you can get that for free. So there's something... You, you can get all the stuff you need for free. 
If you leave a review on iTunes for the podcast, right? That's for the course. That's to get oh. the course for free. But on Audible, you just have to go to where do you go, Kenna? You go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Oh, right. And you'll get a free. Okay, I'll just say it. Today's show is brought to you by <laughs> audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30 day free trial at kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. But who cares about those under 149,999? You just want one book, and uh-huh. it's Kick It in the Nuts. Audible. Yeah, Audible. Okay, so I think we, we said things. I think we're done saying we things. We did. And if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. Or you can also head on over to Will Schmidt's uh, page, mybodyofknowledge.net, and he has a lot of uh, interesting stuff on there and self-test and all that kind of jazz and naked pictures. Right. Oh, not really. Ah. Well, Until that was to next time. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Boom.